You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Hey, Shipboy Time here. And God, yeah. dang it. He got, he got me. Him. He got me. Got him. Caught him slipping. Yeah. Caught him slipping. <laughs> You know who else got caught slipping? Coach K and them Duke Blue Devils. Let go, Hills! How about them Tar Hills, boys? I don't know what he said. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I had a beautiful weekend. Not only did my Tar Hills dominate, we've had a beautiful weekend of wrestling in the Dallas DFW area. And bump both of y'all for not coming. We'll get to that later. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Since since we're gonna kick the we're gonna kick the podcast off like that, let's go ahead and get into it before we get into what we did this weekend. This is this is what bothers me about this whole North Carolina and Duke thing. You fuckers played you've played each other 157,000 times, okay? What's the significance of y'all playing in the tournament versus playing like just in the regular season? It doesn't it doesn't make you any less or more of a fan. So I don't understand what the hoopla was about, like why Eric Church canceled this concert to go to this game. I don't understand the madness that surrounded this game because y'all play every year, all the time. There was nothing special other than a trip to the national championship. Whether it was a, ch- a trip to the national championship or not, it wouldn't have made those kids play any less harder than they played because the rivalry – is more important than the tournament because that's just how deep it is in North Carolina. So please explain to me how this game was any different from any other game. Have you lost your mind? You've been on that good stuff this morning. You woke up, you hey, you brought waking bait to a different thing. That's the only thing I can see that's got you saying some crazy shit like that. Oh. This <laughs> in the morning. You got him fired up. I got him fired up. I'm just, I, I, I'm being honest. Would you tell me what the difference is? You tell this me what the difference Coach is. Coach K's last game ever. Ever. North Carolina don't give a damn about that. The yes, rivalry. We do. Okay. All right. Yes, we do. We can look. Much respect to Coach K for me. I know you know he's been a rival, the head of our rival team forever. Some of our people hate him, but I think most of you got to at least respect him. And the fact that we can send Coach K, the rival, the the head of our rival, home, retire, send him to retirement as the last game. Not only that, but because it was to go to a national championship. When I tell y'all this, I swear, I got the receipts. I can post the text messages straight into the video. I sent my boys, because we got a group chat, and we're all talking about the Carolina and Duke. As soon as Carolina beat Baylor, I was I started like cheering for Duke and all the chat. They're like, what are you doing, BT? I'm like, if we're still alive and there's a chance that we can meet Duke in the Final Four to beat them, I'm cheering for Duke until we get to that point. And so that's no longer possible because I want Carolina to be the team to beat Duke, to knock out Coach K, to end his career, to give him his first loss and his last loss, bookend that beautiful career he has. It gives you ultimate bragging rights as a Carolina fan for the rest of your life. That's, it's just big. It's just that big. 
So, so, so I guess my question to you would be is if it wasn't in the tournament and it was the regular season and Duke had no opportunity of making it to the tournament, do you still feel this same enthusiasm if you're able to retire Coach K at, at the end of his career? Same thing, but, but without the trip to the national championship on the line. That's my whole point. It had nothing to do. It it had nothing to do with you guys meeting in the NCAA tournament because the rivalry of North Carolina and Duke stems way deeper than any other platform that they play on. But you get the point that I'm making. You didn't need the NCAA tournament for this to be. You're saying it's big already. It's big already, which it is. What I'm saying is, yes, obviously. It gets more like because you know when we when we beat them the last time on the home floor that was big, uh, and you know yes obviously it gets more escalated because it was to go to the national championship game. We are an eight seed uh, that had no business necessarily even being at this point because we were one of the first four in or last four in uh, type position. And then now here we are going to national championship. Obviously, that adds to it. But I think just the fact, because if it had happened in the regular season, I think it would have still been a big deal to everyone. But I don't think it would be as big necessarily as it is now because it's not only is it, you know, sending Coach K home, but it was the first time that the two have met in the tournament. They haven't played each other in the NCAA tournament ever until now. And now we got that win. We got the win to send Coach K into retirement. Uh, you know, you got Hubert, Hubert Davis coming in about the, you know, he's going to that championship for his first time. And it's just like in his first year, it's just, it's huge. It's just huge all around. It's a lot. And, you know. Do you know I, what the record I, is between Coach K and UNC? I do. Do you want to tell D'Angelo? Please. please you may be wrong, but go ahead. 50. It's not 50-50. What? What is it? 50 to 47. Coach K got the lead. Okay. No, you're wrong. That's an old stat because if you go and look this at it. Uh, as of, as of wow. April 2nd, 2022. That was, it's, it, that's wrong because actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's, it's 50 50. Sports Center even just made a post I'm about I'm just giving you what the spring news as of 4 2. Like we have our first discrepancy on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm just giving you what and it's a big one only in one person's show. book. No, but, it's, but I am a UNC fan over Duke. I just, okay. I was just giving. I want to know what the record was myself. Yeah, I, it's but it's 50-50. because I, I've seen multiple posts about that this morning, like talking about how there was balance in the force and all that BS. Because it said the good news for Duke's fan. This was before the game. It says. Enters the game with a fifty to forty-seven record, so now it is fifty to forty-eight, guaranteeing, guaranteeing that he would finish his career with a winning record. And this was three days ago that was posted. Right, so it's two articles saying that no matter what, he finished with a winning record against UNC. And I'm a UNC. I'm, I like UNC better than I like Duke, so I'm with you. I just wanted to find that out myself because I didn't know. Can, can can you can you just admit? Can you just admit, Tom? here right here on the podcast live on this beautiful monday morning the fourth of april that it doesn't matter where duke and north carolina play that rival burns so deep regardless of whether they playing a cellar dweller or being number one in the conference 
that it's going to always be a slugfest. Because I remember back in the days, and when I say back in the days a few years ago, when both North Carolina and Duke were still trash, but they were still selling out games when they played one another and people were just as excited when they played each other because you wanted to be the best in that triangular state of North Carolina, Duke, and uh, NC State. Well, if we want to be real, this year North Carolina was pretty bad. They weren't as good as as they could have been. Duke was actually pretty good. And so I will say it was an upset. I will say, like you said, it was an eight seed making it to the championship. I'm actually rooting for UNC over Kansas. It's going to be a long shot, but I'm still rooting for it because I'm a UNC guy. I do like them better than Duke. Obviously, my favorite player. Well, they won a national championship uh, already, Gary. They they didn't want it already. They put all their eggs in one basket against Duke because that's the game that they wanted to win. You wouldn't even know around this area that North Carolina was playing Duke in the semifinals. You would have thought that it was in the finals because everybody was for this game. That that game's over with. So that brings me to this question. Time, would you be all right if UNC loses the Kansas, the fact that they beat yes. Duke in the, to go to the championship? Yeah. Are you completely I will say this. I obviously still want us to win the national championship. But he doesn't the, care. He doesn't care. Last, yeah, last night's victory was enough for me this year. I don't want to get greedy. Of course I want us to win the national championship. But I will, take, I will take that win last night and hang it up on the mantle forever. Man, I told you. They don't, they don't care about that at all. And the that is the problem with fandom. You should always want to win and never be satisfied. Yep, that's it. I do want to so, win. I do want to win, but we, we, we. Yeah, ain't but it's not that big of a like you just said. It's not that big of a deal if you lose. Yeah, you want to win, but if you lose, so be it. You beat Coach K. That's all that mattered. I mean, that right. is the big that thing. Was bigger, that was bigger than the national. And that's my whole point. It doesn't matter where they play, Gary. He just confirmed my point. It doesn't matter where they play. Duke and North Carolina, that rivalry runs so deep that we're going to put everything that we got out there on the court, whether we're playing good all year or whether we're playing bad all year, we're going to give you our best shot. So that rivalry burns I will that say, uh, I will say a proof of that is the Eric Church thing where he canceled the game, his concert to watch the game. Do you go. think he would cancel his concert to watch the national championship? I would say no. no, he won't no. because it's not Duke. No, because it's not. You're absolutely right. And that's why I totally disagree with Eric Church canceling his concert and refunding fans their tickets. Okay, I I get it. Everybody's just like, D'Angelo, you tripping, bro. What you mean? He wanted to go to a game that was once in a lifetime. It's not once in a lifetime. You know why? Because they played a hundred times because it's 50 to 47. So 97 times they played each other. That's just with coach K. That's just with coach K. Just just with coach K. That's 97 times. So this is not a once in a lifetime opportunity. No, it's not. Nobody gives a damn about the national championship. They only care about the rivalry. And that's what it all boils down to. What happened is, is the NCAAs had an opportunity to take advantage of a fierce rivalry, fierce rivalry. And they did absolutely that. That's all I'm saying. So do you agree, Tom, since you're a big North Carolina fan, that that rivalry burns deeper than anything else? National championship, anything like that, that's, again, Gary, what you said, right? Eric Church canceled his concert, which, again, I would be pissed and would probably sue, not because I want money, but because I want to let him know that that is not okay. It is not okay, especially if it's not as rare as you say it is. And you would lose because uh, there's subject to change clauses everywhere and then things. But anyways, 
Yes, I I don't think Eric Church cancels that uh, concert for any other game. Uh, you know, Carolina Final Four, I don't think he has any problem watching that on the TV. But because, again, because it was Coach K's final game, first time meeting Duke in the NCAA with a chance to go to the National Championship, that's why I did it. And you got it's funny because we have a club in San Antonio that uh, – so I'm in San Antonio quite a bit. The city was pissed off. And I'm talking about they were so mad. And then, you know, on April Fool's Day, which I don't know if this was great timing on Eric Church's people's part, he released a statement saying that he was coming back uh, to put on a uh, once-in-a-lifetime uh, once type show at a venue that's smaller than the venue he was going to play in. And he said everyone that had a ticket – uh, is going to get a free show. So they're going to refund their money to the shows. He's going to come back and play this venue for free. But then somebody in the comments was like, well, what about the 13,000 other people that aren't going to be able to fit in there? <laughs> so I'm just like, uh, I mean, it's nice gesture by, you know, uh, Eric Church, but if you're going to come back and do it, you got to do it right. Go back to the stadium that you were supposed to play in. Let everybody that was supposed to watch you the first time come watch you for free. Don't don't do this like oh go to a different venue because it's cheaper type thing or something you know. And that's what I'm trying to understand. He's gonna put himself in a situation to where he now has to play catch up because of a game that's happened 96 other times. But it's it's it's, it's it has but it hasn't because this is the what? this is like this is the exclamation point at the end of the sentence. This is the exclamation point okay, at the end so, of the so, so, so what you say in that time, I and, and 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 I'm not a North Carolina fan, nor am I a Duke fan, but yet you are a North Carolina fan. I, my question to you is this. Since Coach K is gone, and that was his last game, does the rivalry die with Coach K? Or is it still there because you just don't like Duke? Because it, what, you're, what you're making it sound like is, is you're making it sound like the rivalry is with Coach K, not necessarily with Duke. So help me out here. Are we separating these two like we did Tom Brady and the Patriots and Bill Belichick, or are they kind of all inclusive like Coach K is Duke and Duke is Coach K? No, it's still going to be a huge rivalry. It's just Coach K has been such a figurehead of Duke basketball. Like Coach K is Duke basketball. Duke basketball wasn't anything before Coach K, so that he is a big reason why the rivalry is so big. Because of him, they've been good. That's part of what makes a good rivalry. It's not a good rivalry if one school's terrible and one school's great. Or, you know, both schools are terrible. Even then, it's tough to have a good rivalry. It's a good rivalry because both programs are successful, and that makes it elevated stakes. Okay, so I, I'll give you a smaller scale of a rivalry. Ole Miss and Mississippi State uh, rivals, uh, Tennessee, Memphis, rivals um it those same state auburn alabama rivals it it doesn't matter the egg bowl mississippi state and Ole miss they're not as great as a lot of teams but then when they play each other the stadium's full it's insane it doesn't matter where they play and on what platform they're playing on that game right there is going to always bring people out very similar to uh ucla and uh usc uh doesn't matter Whoever wins that game, their coach normally stays and coach another season. The one that loses is usually the one that gets fired and they got to find somebody else. All I'm saying 
is is that I think it has nothing to do with Coach K, and it has everything to do with the fans' hysteria around the rivalry as it relates to North Carolina Duke. I'm saying that this game has happened 96 times before. It has (laughs) nothing to do with the fact that national championship was on the line because you've already stated that you don't care about winning that or not. That was enough for you. So you're letting me know that this rivalry is bigger than anything else. And, right, I do think that – I hear your point on other rivalries, but, like, you got to think about it like this. Like, in in North Carolina, we have the triangle. It's Raleigh-Durham, Chapel Hill. Well, the other school that's up there is NC State, which, yes, that's one of the big rivals that we have in Carolina. Um, But because NC State has not been as good of a program, that rivalry is just not as heated. I mean, it's still a big rivalry. Don't get me wrong. Uh, for other reasons, there's other dynamics uh, that go into that um, based on kind of like who you perceive goes to each school plays into that. Um, like, you know, NC State's kind of like your laid back agriculture type uh, students, whereas UNC's supposed to be the wine and cheese crowd, blah, blah, blah. You know, but the success that both programs have had when it comes to Duke and North Carolina is what's elevated that rivalry, I think, over these past years to make it such a big rivalry. Um, so and, I got a question then. Do you think it only has to deal with basketball only or just not sport-wide? It's, 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 it's sport-wide. Anytime these two schools clash, I think it derives from basketball. But none of the other sports are as big because the same reason I'm saying, like, we don't – yeah, when we play them in football, we want to beat them. But it's not as big because we're not a football school. They're not a football school. So it's not as big a deal because our football teams have not been classically great uh, programs. And so that's what elevates it to the next level is just so, that level of greatness. The, the only thing I would disagree with would be like I, I believe Memphis and Tennessee have a rivalry, even in basketball. Sometimes one team's terrible, and and it's still a yeah. super big rivalry. Same with Louisville right. and, and Kentucky. Sometimes Kentucky or Louisville has down years, and that basketball game is still gigantic, no matter how bad that team is. It's same thing with football yeah, and no, stuff like that. So I'm saying, like, right? What what it, what it, what it sounds like big. you're saying, Tom? No, what you're saying, Tom, is you're saying that. You're basically shitting on all of the rivalries that are not successful. You're saying that because Duke and North Carolina traditionally are very good at basketball and the sports that they play, that's why the rivalry is so heated. Not the fact that they have 10 to 15 miles to separate them and you just don't like them because they're in-state rivals. Is that what you're saying? Well, see, that's part of it, but then why why is Duke <laughs> well, why is Duke versus in North Carolina State not just as big a rivalry? They're they're close they're close to each other. Well, I, I'm, I'm gonna give you an example. I, I'll I'll give you why, why why is that? Why would that I, be? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. I'm gonna give you an example. When I was with Pittsburgh with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens are our rival. It they wasn't it wasn't that they were good. It wasn't that they was bad. It was just that our it was our rivalry. Well, my last two years there, it was the Cincinnati Bengals. Not because they were good. It was but, be- but because what they did on the field with Burfitt and things of that nature. So a rivalry can be born out of so many other things other than the fact that, hey, we're two good teams. Well, yeah, because I was going to say, like, for example, you, if you want to bring in football, 
Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Cleveland has been notoriously not very good, but that rivalry is so deep and so much hatred towards each other there that it doesn't matter if one team's terrible. Like you brought, cause you brought up the NC state one and it's the same thing. Like NC state's not as good as North Carolina or Duke. Cleveland hasn't notoriously been as good as Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh rivalry with Cleveland is still huge. But again, I, that's why I asked if it was only right. sport wide because here's is what it, I'm does sports make a difference. We're talking about how a rivalry becomes big, how it becomes huge. Right. But in order for that to happen, you have to get people that don't care about those two schools necessarily to care about the rivalry. You know what I'm saying? So the only way that happens is if both of the teams are good enough to where it catches the attention. Like, if you got two bottom-dweller teams that are a huge rivalry, it's not going to be in the news. They're not going to be talking about it. So over these past, you know, 20 to 30 years that Coach K's, you know, been there, Carolina Duke, Carolina Duke basketball. Because it's basketball that caused this rivalry to explode because you have people in other states that are Carolina fans because of how good they are with Michael Jordan. Or you have Duke fans in other states because of how good they were uh, back in the 90s. It's being good that causes you to get more fans or causes more eyeballs to be on you, which causes the rivalry to build. I'm not saying that every time you play each other, it's going to be a battle of the Titans. There's going to be years where somebody's terrible. One person is terrible. One person is good. That's bound to happen. What I'm saying is to build a rivalry to the point where it is this huge. It's the same thing with like the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Yankees Red Sox became such a big rivalry because of when they would be battling each other because of when they were good. It's just it's it's how you become a nationally widely accepted right like you said, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Sure, I'm sure that's huge to people in Mississippi. Outside of Mississippi, why am I supposed to give a damn? I never see those te- uh, programs on television. I don't never see them play. Right, but it's the same. It's the same principle with any rivalry. North Carolina, know, Duke. Is, most of the people is, that are fan favorites of them are from North Carolina. You're from North Carolina. It doesn't but mean what you get there. What I'm get saying it? that you were birthed there. But my, so it's, still the, no, but the it's still the same principle. But the reason I was still the same principle. But the reason I'm a North Carolina fan was because my favorite football player I watched growing up was Julius Peppers, and he played for the team. It wasn't yeah. because of the and he played basketball. Rivalry, it was <laughs> right, I know what I'm saying. Peppers. But it was literally the only reason. But you will see. I also grew up a Kentucky fan. Now you will see people from other states that like Carolina and Duke because of them being on TV because they're good programs growing up. I get what you're saying. I'm saying it's just it's just. I don't think it's as much as you think, though. It is. The same reason there's so many damn Cowboy fans out there, because they were the only team on TV back in the day. That's how there's so many Cowboy fans everywhere. And then now that they're not winning anymore, there's not as many fans. Maybe the Steelers have grown more now because Steelers are starting to take over nation because Steelers were good for so long. Now there's tons of Patriots fans everywhere. Success brings fans out the woodwork. You guys know this. Success makes fans come out. Okay, okay, Tom. You've you've made your point. You've made your point. Okay, we get it. So can we get to what Gary did this weekend? I apologize for even attacking you and your successful program in basketball. In basketball. You're right. In basketball. I I apologize for attacking your successful program. Gary, how was your weekend? They have a a North – hold on. They have a North Carolina great leading those Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Hey. (laughs) My question is, do we want to talk about basketball programs for schools, or do you want to just keep going, D'Angelo? No, 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 no. We're talking, we're, we're talking about what Gary did this weekend. 
We're going to talk about what Gary did this weekend. <laughs> okay. Gary, how so, was your weekend? I, I had a, I had a I had a conversation with some of my buddies on the video game, and uh, okay. we had a question that come up. So one of my buddies, his his girlfriend, said he's a nerd. So he asks us, "Do we think he's a nerd?" So, and neither one of us like, "No, we don't think you're a nerd in general." And we said, "You might be a nerd about sports because all you care about sports, but we don't think you're a nerd." So, but she thinks he's a nerd because of his hobbies and things like that. So I guess what constitutes somebody to be a nerd, and would you consider yourself a nerd? And I'll give you the definition. The definition of a nerd is one second. Oh, this is gonna be good. A foolish or contemptible person who lacks social skills or is boring and studious. Or studious. Boringly boringly studious, sorry. Or a person devoted to intellectual, academic, and a technical pursuits or interest. Or a unstylish and socially awkward person. So those are the official definitions of a nerd. So well, I guess I, there you had a question. So he has us. Yeah, so I, I agree. I say I do fit some other things, but I don't think yeah, unstylish Gary, makes you a nerd. The more and more you was reading that off, I was like, damn, Gary, a nerd. <laughs> no, no, which is fine. Like I will say I'm a nerd when it comes to movies, video games. And then clothing, I I wear what's comfortable. I don't wear just to look good or because of a designer. I wear whatever I'm comfortable in. It has yeah. nothing to do with everything like you just <laughs> said was you, Gary. I don't know this person, but I do know I this. Know, you fit you. this description. You think, hold on, you think I'm socially awkward? Yes. I, I'm gonna tell <laughs> that you was why, one of the I'm, definitions was socially awkward. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why you. Go socially, ahead. No, you're good. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why you socially awkward. Because you can never have a regular conversation. Everybody always want to have a conversation about your height, weight, and what you did. But, so but that's not my control. I, I know it's control. not your control, but it's still within that conversation. It's awkward because you've answered it enough to where you literally answer their question before they can even finish. Like So off to them, you're socially awkward. So I can only speak. So I'll give you a case in point. If you came up to Gary... And you was like, man, yeah, I'm big. I know. Yeah, I'm 265. Like he'll literally answer all the questions that you would, and like, and you would, it'll come off like, damn, bro. Like you ain't even how you know that's what I was thinking, but it was what you was thinking. And he just kind of killed that whole conversation. And now you're left with, does he want to talk to me, or was he just being a dick? Like, or, but he's been asked that question so many times. So you see what I'm saying by you can come off as socially awkward, but you're not. Correct. Like you do 100%. fit those. You you fit the description though, for sure. Yeah, but well, it says also boringly stupid, uh, studious. So like a boring person, I guess. And then also that you uh, and it you're academically intelligent. Like you like to look up academic type stuff. And but this whole thing originated because he got called a nerd because he likes to collect trading cards. But that's a hobby. It doesn't make you a nerd yeah. to have a hobby. I so I guess like what constitutes you as a nerd? Because he got constituted because he likes to do trading cards with his friends. But that is a hobby. That has nothing to do with like determine who this person is. Is something he enjoys. It's just like okay. So 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 I'm gonna tell you. Like, are you a cycling nerd because you look up cycling stuff? 
So so this is this is what I was gonna tell you. A- absolutely. It this is when you become a nerd and you cross over that threshold. Now it's a, it's a fine line now. When your hobby becomes your lifestyle, then I believe that's what you embody as a nerd. So if if trading cards, like if he can go to sleep, wake up and trading cards is like he he live, breathe, and sleep like football nerds, they exist. Basketball nerds, they exist. There's some people out there that take this uh, way more serious than they need to, and it engulfs their life. Like there's wrestling nerds, literally. Like so like, if, like time in, in North Carolina. Right, he's a North Carolina nerd. We we get it. We we get it. Yeah. So yes, you can be that once your hobby consumes your life enough to where it becomes a lifestyle. I think but for I this what, question, what, 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 this question asks asks us to define what what you know what uh, activities that we do are considered nerdy, and where do we get the idea of a nerd from? So we Socially look at acceptable. Like, Right, like Revenge of the Nerds type stuff. You know, we go back to that movie. It's the jocks versus the guys that maybe are smart. Uh, but as if, like, jocks can't be smart. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's one of those things where it's like right. the more active an activity is, the less nerdy it seems. So if you're sitting around playing video games, it's going to be nerdy because you're sitting oh, there. You're or if you're sitting there collecting trading cards, that's going to be nerdy because it's not active because – there's that like stigma of jock versus nerd, so it's like activity versus inactivity makes something more nerdy. I, and you know what, Tom? And this is something that I hadn't really did with you all day, but I agree a hundred percent with you. <laughs> um, I, I'm just hoping you don't go off the rails, and I have to take that back. No, so, so I think so that's I where think it comes from. Still... I was gonna say that's where it comes from. It's like just our ideals of a nerd because yeah. you know you see you see it all the time um this it's a stereotype you know they think that jocks can't be smart because of what we've been shown uh in movies and shows growing up and i think you know you just have to take your what you're doing is you're taking uh the definition that gary gave and you're compartmentalizing so yeah you said gary may not be the most stylish person he may i don't think gary's socially awkward at all i mean I, he might have you know, socially awkward conversations with people because he gets the same conversation over and over. But him, he himself is not socially awkward. Um, he is studious when it comes to like, you know, movies or you know the fact that he wanted to do archaeology. You know, stuff like that. That could be seen as nerdy because any endeavor in the academic world is going to be seen as nerdy because again, it's inactivity. Uh, you know, nobody called you guys nerdy for going on the Amazing Race. Even though, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of like a nerdy little show almost. You think about it, just kind of like the concept of it. But because it's activity, it's not seen that way. Y'all are just like jocks doing the show. And you look at the nerds. Who were the nerds on the show? I would the, the say very, the, the t- Hogwarts probably got. Right, so, right. But so, why, were, why were they considered nerdy? Because of their academic the success. Stereotype. Correct. Right, yeah. right. Well, I, I think a lot of it boils down to like, like the socially, I guess, socially unaccepted thing. So, like, a lot of people don't do trading cards. There's gamers out there, but the majority of people aren't gamers. If you don't fit into the societal norms, I feel like it's easy to lump them into, like, nerd. But, like I said, I think anybody can be a nerd in certain things. Like, D'Angelo, he looks up cycling stuff. He cycles all the time. He's always trying to get I am a cycling nerd. nerd. 
But there's nothing like that. I wouldn't say he's a nerd in general. I think he's a cycling nerd. Everybody, I think everybody's a nerd in certain things. It's whatever they truly enjoy, what their hobbies are. They're a nerd in that. Like there's workout nerds. That has that's activity. But I, th- I still think you're considered a workout nerd. If that's all you think about. Like these, it encompasses your life, and that's something you build around. Yeah. Then that's when you. But like I like for me, I can go without video games. My buddy. Without trading cards, does that make him a nerd, or because he want, he enjoys it? It doesn't make you a nerd. Like I do all the time when I travel. I don't play video games when I travel. I travel. I see the world. I take insights. I visit, do different things. And I'm not playing one video game. So like, if I'm playing video games, if I brought my game all the time with me and did all this stuff, then yeah, you could say it. But I don't. I take time away, do every, all this other stuff. I don't live my life around. If I was a streamer, it'd be different. I think if you can turn it on and off. I wouldn't say that makes you a nerd because now you're able to you're not your whole life's not encompassed around it. Gary, yeah, what the heck? Huh? What? What? You you yourself said if your life is built around it. Gary, yeah, are you my life serious is around right any now? of that? Gary, l- listen, listen. Yeah. Uh, so, Gary, I need you to take us to your gaming room and show everybody all your gaming look, system. Look, Gary. Yes, I collect, I do all that stuff, but that doesn't mean I don't wake up and I don't wake up and like, oh, I need to see what games are out. All that kind of stuff. Oh, I need to go on a game. I can, I go travel. I go do other things. Gary, I don't you come on game. this podcast every week, week in and week out and tell us about how all you did this weekend was play video games. Correct. And you're going to sit here COVID, on this yeah. throne of lies. I'm glad you got loud, Tom. I was trying to. Concern, I, was, I didn't want to be the angry black guy. I'm glad it was you, Tom. I'm glad it was you because that's how I wanted to. Respond. You haven't been able to travel. Haven't been able to travel to other countries. Haven't been able to leave the United States because of all the COVID restrictions type stuff. So yes, because I'm not able to do things that I usually do, then I have to go to something else to do. I gotta find me something to do. I still oh, so watch. You movies. just found still- video gaming. That's what you're telling us. You you oh, you're making it sound oh, like you- I'm saying like. No, because you said if your life revolves around it. Yes. My life only revolves around it whenever I'm not able to live my life the way I want to live because of the pandemic. For the last three no. years, I haven't been able to go anywhere. We haven't yeah, been, I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to make, make a statement, and, it's gonna, it's, and you'll understand what I'm saying, and, and you'll understand what I'm getting at. My life and your life and everybody else's life revolves around food and water. Without it, mm-hmm. we cannot live, correct? But now you can correct. go two or three days without it. You can go, you can go where you can eat one or two meals a day and, and say, oh no, I'm not addicted. That's not something that I absolutely need. It is because after you can only go so many days without food or water before you perish or before you die. That's just like any other addiction or like any other nerdy thing that we're talking about right now yes we're not saying that you can't go a few days without playing the video game but what i'm saying is is i can say this right now there's a uh, period of time that you can't go without the game how was that period i i would say your period i i would you couldn't go three months without playing the video game 100 percent could if I'm traveling and doing stuff, one thousand. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about you at your house where you try to go three months 
without playing a video game at your house. I'm not trying to put you in unfavorable conditions. I want to keep you yeah. in that favorable condition the, where you used to playing that game at the house. Since you're at the house, try to go three months being in your house so without then, that So then my game. question would you be... You can't do it. You can't do it. So my, so my question would be, what, what, what is bad about not being able to do that? Because, like, in oh, general... There's nothing, there's nothing bad about no, it. I know that. I know that. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, like, if there's nothing else to do at the house, like, I have... I have games i watch movies but like if i'm not going anywhere what am i just gonna sit there and stare at the wall watch tv but that's what i'm saying it, like but, but it's that's a hobby the, but that's the thing though that's that. the, watch movies and shows right that, that's the thing we all to somebody we're all a nerd at something like oh, all you do is watch tv all you do is do this all you do is do that anything that encompasses your life or or stop you from doing something that you could be and, doing something. And activity. Because nobody. And, and I yes. said, I would agree. Go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say, because nobody hears about, uh, you know, somebody going to hoop all the time or going to play football all the time. Like, oh, look at those nerds getting yes, after it again on the basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. I, 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 what, what else did you do, Gary? Because I really want to get to what I did this weekend. Because I. All everything that I did revolved around before we move off the nerd thing. I do want to say this yeah. because we do all share in this nerdum, nerdum, I don't know the word, but a lot of people consider us nerds for being into wrestling. That is correct, yes. And and I'm I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that we could talk about wrestling because I know you went to WrestleMania this weekend and I oh. really want to talk about but that. I'm as gonna well. say, hey, let me go ahead and just put this out there because I want Gary to be able to take time on his weekend. Or you to take time of your weekend because you're already long-winded. And we spent way more time on Gary's weekend than normal. So I don't know if we have time built into our podcast. I want to say talking about my weekend until next week because I got to talk okay. about this glorious night, too. We can talk night one but uh, later on, but you know, I just want to okay. have time. So I'm going to talk about that next week. But you go ahead and tell us about your weekend with the kids. Yeah, with well, Gary, are you done? I want to respect his weekend. No, though, go ahead. I, good. I, no, 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 no. Because I, I you did never you play the game this weekend. Did you play the game this weekend? Of course. <laughs> of course. Like I, I, like I said, I'm a video game nerd. I am, but I. That's my, how my, this started, my defin- Angela. <laughs> No, no, no. What I was saying was your well, definition. Because you're playing video games. Something or... revolves your life around. Is it the right definition? I do agree. I am a video game nerd. I'm, I'm a movie nerd, but I don't think it. You, the definition of your life revolves around it is correct. That was the only, that was my, my whole point. Okay. All right. So I'm going to tell y'all about my weekend, but what my weekend revolves around. Mute. Setting. Mute. Wow. Oh, God. That felt good. What? That felt so good to do after his attacking. You know, I just had to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to occupy this time with D'Angelo's silence because we never get it. Um, I think it was a hey, wait, good conversation of, we had. Gary, speaking of, how about being the guy on the right? I don't know if you guys yes. see D'Angelo's social media or not, but the other day, if our loyal listeners will really appreciate it. Uh, somebody commented under D'Angelo's post, the guy on the right sure does talk a lot. He didn't let you say anything. Saying that Gary talks a lot and didn't let the answer. Yeah. How funny is that? It, that is the complete opposite of how this podcast should go. Cinnamon usually talks for hours and sugar gets three words in and that's it. 
But I'll, I guess I'll let I'll let D come back. He can talk now. Go ahead, D. You got it. What What'd you so, do this weekend? So so I, I my kids had games. Uh, my oldest daughter she had a game, and my son had a game. And I'm gonna start with my oldest daughter because I I thought it was very interesting because again they don't take score, uh, and if they do take score they don't let the I parents still hate know. That. Yeah, they don't let the parents know. So. We were sitting out there and we we're watching her play and uh, they win the first game, but they end up losing the second game because we keep score internally. Yeah, because we yeah, we keep score by ourselves. And, you know, we were the only ones out there, you know, cheering and stuff like that because we were the only one that knew the score. Everybody else was just kind of like, you know, it was a different type of cheer. And this is what I liked about them not taking score, because I when I noticed it, I was like, oh, that's crazy because we knew the score and they didn't. So what they were saying, they were cheering like, hey, you got this. Great job, Addy or Madison or whatever their name is. You got this. Oh, great shot. Oh, you almost was there. Like that was the type of cheering that they were doing. The type of cheering that we were doing is like, hey, you got to stop her. Oh, you got to make this shot because we knew what the score was. So we was all our cheers was predicated on us getting a better score than the other team, whereas all their cheering was predicated on is like cheering that person on that had the ball. So that dynamic was very interesting, and I didn't know that that was the type of environment that the score was fostering. Is that we're we're more so focused on the game, which now brings me to my son. I, I'm not. I'm gonna go back to my daughter here in a minute, but I'm jumping around because these are really interesting uh, dynamics. So I go to my son. They take score, and his NFL flag football league that he plays in is the NFL flag football league that plays at halftime of the Super Bowl. So he can make it there if he win it, or if they win it, or if they do really good. So you know, I you go to his game, and it was interesting because every time he would run the ball, uh, Gary. And Tom, every time he'd run the ball, whether they pulled his flag or not, he would throw the ball back. Like he would just run, and they would, like, touch him or tag him, and he would, like, uh, throw the ball back. And um, I was like, dang, I got to figure out how I handle this. How do you handle that, Gary, in time? How do you handle telling your son, like, that's not something that you do in this particular game? So I would say I would pull up video of D'Angelo Williams running the ball and fumbling and then oh. show him the social media uh, <laughs> fire that gets spewed He's to him sick, after Gary. he fumbles sick. and say, you cannot sick. be doing I know, that's what I would do. I'm telling you, that's yeah. what I would do. Like, you don't want to do what daddy did because this was not the way to do things. You want to hold the ball and help your team win. You don't want to help the other team win because otherwise you're going to have a lot of blowback from all these people watching and you don't want that. So that would be the first step I would take. And then I, the second step would be I would find out why, what conveys him to want to do that. Was it just, what? is it just in his DNA or what is it? What, what, what about you, Ty? <laughs> wow, Gary. What, what about you, Ty? D'Angelo, you know you have a mute you could use as well anytime he goes I, on. I, so I, know. I know, I know. <laughs> Well, for me, you know, it's just I think you just sit sit him down, you look him in the eyes, and you say, son, this is not something you do. That's exactly how you tell him it's not something he does. Easy. 
So 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 this is the <laughs> this is the this is the route that I took. Um, I can't I, wait to hear this. I, I've always been that parent that I tell my kids, hey, when you if you're going to play a sport, you make sure you're going out there to have fun. That's what you do. So when you go see my son play football, he's gonna be the one dancing. He's gonna be the one that look like he ain't paying attention because you know why? He's having fun. Um, I'm I'm not treating I'm not gonna treat it as the no fun league. I've always told myself I'm not gonna be that parent that when he does something crazy, I'm gonna come down on him hard. So this is how I handled it because I'm not gonna be that parent that when the way I saw football is not the way my son saw football. I saw football as a way out, as a way to elevate uh, my pockets. I saw football as a way to elevate um, um, the things that I was trying to do. Football was a way out for me. For my son, football is just purely fun. So because I know it's fun for him, I'm going to make sure that I treat it as such. So when you go to the game and you see my son playing and he act like he don't know or he may not know what he's doing. I don't know. But he's having fun. And that's all I'm advocating is him having fun. I sat him down and I said, hey, son, you don't want to do that, man. That's crazy. I don't know where you got that from. That's not in the game. But, like, when you do that, your friends are not having fun. And if your friend's not having fun then and you're the only one having fun, like, how is it fun, bro? And he was like, you know what, daddy? You right. But I didn't stop him from dancing. I don't stop him from doing whatever it is on the field because he plays the game differently than how I play the game because I needed it. He doesn't need football. He's doing it to have fun, and I don't want to diminish his fun by saying, hey, you got to take this serious because there's dads out there. I'm, I was next to one. Every time his son made a mistake, he was coming down and he was riding him hard. Hey, son. He may be one of those fathers that maybe his kid needed. I'm not sure what the situation is there. I just know that I don't want to be that parent. And it's a really, really, really thin line that you have to walk. No, I think I, I think the way you handled it was perfect. Uh, I like the way you handled it. I thought that was good because it is about fun for him. Yeah. And I would say, do you do you think that will change? And if so, when do you think it will change from being fun to wanting to win more? See, that's 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 and, and that's what I struggle with, bro. I, I, I didn't as a parent, I didn't know that this was even going to be a thing because I have to self check myself because the first time I saw my son play, you know how it is when you even when you watch football, like, I, I mean, I know, you know, it's it's we, we do it in a funny, joking kind of way. But like kids really like eat stuff up. So whenever he made Correct. like a, a crazy move or did anything crazy, he would always look over there at me and I wouldn't say anything because I knew whatever I said, he was going to listen and he was going to eat it up. So listening to the other parents, man, like, hey, you can't do that. Make sure you wrap the ball up. Don't you fumble. That's You don't do stupid stuff. Like I'm like, whoa, bro, this is crazy how they're really like coaching their kid up. And I'm my kid, you you look at him out there, and you know, my wife was like, Hey, uh, she was like, Why does he dance so much? Why does he like he doesn't even really pay attention? He don't even know what he's doing out there. I said, Hey, honey, he having fun. That's what he's playing this game for, is to have fun. I wish that I could play the game that way where it was carefree, but then again, I wouldn't be on the field then. So it's 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 just, it's one of those, you know, give and takes. And, you know, he's actually gifted enough to where he could do that and he could still be able to be out on the field. He just don't know that. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 when he decides like, hey, I want to take this serious. I got to see what level of seriousness he wants to be at. Like, hey, are you at this serious level where you want to take this thing to another level? Or are you at this serious level to where it's serious enough for you to follow the rules of the game, but not serious enough for you to set time aside to get better at it? So, so when, does he hear the other kids yelled at? Does it bother him at all? No. No, it doesn't bother him at all. He just, like, does, he, it's, does he hear his friends getting yelled at or anything? No. He, he only hears my voice. That's what is really crazy about this whole thing as a father, man. Like, you know how, like, it could be 16 kids in the room and you can hear your kid or somebody that you know because the voice is very familiar? It's just like that with kids. Time, you're going to get there and it's going to be insane. You're going to be like, wait, what? You'll hear stuff in a whole nother room, a conversation just as clear as day, and they whispering to you like, how did I just hear that? That's crazy. Like, it's these dad senses. So if you got them, you got to know that your kid got them because they used to hearing your voice like, oh, okay, that was dad or, oh, that was mama that said that or that was uncle whoever said that. So it's, it's very interesting, but he literally only hears my voice. So I have to be careful what I say because you know how I am, man. Soon as something happened, I say what I'm thinking. And I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. I got to pick a better way of saying it. But as a result of, like, watching him play – I'm starting to watch what I say because I don't want him. I don't want to take the fun out of the game for him, especially not this early at six years old. So, so, so is he real quick? Is he going to have fun uh, if he plays against me and I don't let him score? I don't let him do all this stuff. Is he going to get upset and mad about that because it's not fun? Or is he tying the winning to fun? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. He's not tying the winning to fun because he don't, they, they don't, He's just out there having fun. And that's one of the things that's crazy. Okay. But now, going back to my oldest daughter, right? So, uh, well, before we move on, D, I got to ask you this question. Yeah. What level, because I think you've been pretty adamant that's out there. I want to say one of your most viral videos in the past has been you talking about yep. participation trophies. Yes. So, is that like what, you know, what point does that play into it where you're like, all right, now we're just giving out participation trophies versus, you know, you're going out and earning an actual trophy. Because at some point that's going to like, you know, because I understand he's young enough to right now, you know, it's not really a super competitive thing. But it's like at some point, you know, you're going to get so serious that you, are you chasing that championship or are you just chasing having fun out there playing? Well, that, that that's the thing right now is at six, eight to ten years old, I think things are different from how we were raised at a standpoint of, you know, it was fun only when you won. Now it's, it's, they coming from a place of the game itself is fun. Whether you win or lose, if you go out there and have fun, you're winning. Now here's the, here's the difference between the leagues though. My daughter's league don't, you don't win anything. They don't get a trophy at the end of the season or anything like that. However, and my son's flag football team, they do get a trophy. They are playing for something. But my thing is, is me personally with my son, I know that he's going out there to have fun. He doesn't he doesn't ask what the score is at the end of the game. He don't care what the score is. And I always ask him that, like, hey, hey, son, what was the score? I don't know. Did y'all win? I don't know. Did you have fun? Oh, it was amazing, Dad. You should have saw this. And then he go into the – and I'm just like, dang, like – 
us as athletes, the first thing we know is whether we won or lost. And based on whether we won or lost, it predicate it lets us know if we had fun or not, which is completely different from how the kids are being raised and the process that they're going through right now. And I love that process. Now, now getting back to like my oldest daughter, I'm gonna jump back to my oldest daughter. So now she's playing a new position. And it was a comment that was made or a statement that was made that I thought was really interesting. And I broke it down sitting on the sideline. So we're sitting on the sideline and there's these two girls. There's one, uh, her number I think was like 13 and the other girl was like 17. And they were like heads and heads over the competition. Literally, they were probably 6'2", 6'3". Bro, these are fifth and sixth graders we're talking about here. I'm talking about it had the game down packed and everything. And there was a there was a statement made that I thought was very interesting. And the statement was this. Uh, my wife was talking to this other lady there and she was trying to describe a girl. She was like, yeah, you know, so-and-so daughter plays. And she goes, well, which one is the, which one is it? And she goes, oh, the big one didn't point or anything like that. And I said, hold up. I said, look here, lady, don't do that. Don't do that. And she goes, don't do what? I said, what you're doing right now. And <laughs> It's crazy because you you don't neither one of y'all get it. Y'all are quiet right now. Y'all don't get it. And she goes, do what? I said, look, if you're going to say the big one, point her out. Don't say the big one and use us so we got to figure out which one of these girls are the big one. Like you putting you taking all the 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 uh, you taking all the you putting it on us. You, you're not putting it on you taking all the liability off you and you putting it on us because you didn't tell us which one. So now we got to look amongst all these girls or all these guys that are playing out there and we got to deem, OK, what's big to us? And then once we figure out what's big to us, we got to go. Oh, so are you talking about that one? Are you talking about that one or are you talking about that one? You see what I'm saying? It, it was one of those things that she goes, I didn't think about it like that. I was like, yeah, you know, you don't want to give these kids a complex and this all came from like just being a parent it was it was wild but then this is what came after that and this would be my last uh with my weekend in terms of that gary what you said when you said uh is he gonna get mad if i beat him my son right my daughter's the same way i'm gonna tell you something that i heard when i was sitting outside at my son's football game and what I heard sitting out at my daughter's lacrosse game. And this will make you laugh because it'll be – Tom, did you ever beat your dad in anything? Uh, yeah, basketball. Yeah, did you ever beat your mom in anything? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay. Basketball. All right. All right. <laughs> right. So this is what I think is very interesting, Gary. And I, I hear me out about this. And, Tom, you'll agree with me on this. The whole time that I was sitting out there with my daughter, well, watching her lacrosse game, it was parents that came up and was like, yeah, you know, my daughter beat me in this or my daughter beat me in that. She's really good sitting in my son's football game, hearing them saying, yeah, you know, my son, he's six, seven and he's beating me in this and he's beating me in that. He's already faster than me. And I told my wife, I said, man. It's going to suck for our kids because they're not going to be able to have that conversation with nobody. <laughs> nobody. Like, can you imagine? Like, think about that. Like, as kids, like, my kids can't fathom. Like, they think that these other kids out there 
are like phenoms because they beat their parents and they've never beat us like, yo, I'd never beat my dad in a foot race. I've never beat like you have to be fast. And then my kids go out there and they compete against these kids and they were just like, daddy, I, I, I don't know what's going on because, you know, he told me that he beat his dad in the foot race and I can't beat you. And I was like, look, not everybody's parents is the same. Like that, that's, that's, that's not the same. So it's funny. Can you imagine being the parents of the kid that never beat you in anything like physical from an athletic standpoint? Like it, like Tom just said, yeah, I beat my dad in basketball. My son will never be able to say that. None of them. My kids will never anything from a fit because I'm giving them everything I got. I don't give a damn if I'm 55, 65, 105 or five. I'm giving well, you everything I got. There yeah. will come a day that they can beat you, but it's just a matter of what day that comes and how old they are. And whatever. <laughs> what depends depends you, on what it is. You know, you, Listen, you get, when, we're, when we're elite athletes like us three are, you know, it's going to be harder for our <laughs> children to beat us. You know what I'm saying? But for the average, everyday, ordinary Joe, like some of these other people that you're around, in the uh, you know Charlotte Metroplex, yeah, that kid's gonna whoop up on him. And so whenever you know, it all did. D DJ, little DJ slash DJ, he's gonna be DJ, forged. Yes. He's gonna be forged in the fire. He's gonna be forged in the fire because he's been racing D'Angelo Williams his whole life, as opposed to Bob from accounting. And so he's gonna be Bro, a lot I, up look, for it. Look, I, it was some kids. They was racing in the parking lot. You know how everybody always line up and they run and stuff like that. And there was some parents over there, and these kids was dusting the shit out of these parents. I'm talking about dusting them. And I went over there, and I was, like, laughing. I was like, man, I see y'all over there. And the little kid was like, I bet I could beat you. And I said, hey, little kid, you don't want this smoke, bro. I don't – look, I don't know about them other parents. This ain't what you want. I ain't – I'm not finna – I'm not showing up playing with other folks' kids, bro. I'm not doing that. If we finna lace these things up, not only am I finna burn your ass, but I'm finna talk shit to you too, cause you asked for this. I ain't just walk over here and be like, hey, I bet I could beat y'all running. I just walked over here to see what was going on, cause I saw a whole bunch of old people running and a whole bunch of young people kicking their ass. I just came over here to see what was going on, to see what level of competition y'all was going against, cause what I see over here ain't nothing. Y'all over here playing. Hey, over there. Huh? Did you race them? No, I ain't racing them because they ain't want it. I, I, my <laughs> wife came over there and said, uh-uh, you ain't finna get kicked out of here today because after I beat you, I'm celebrating, I'm doing all that, that shit. Crying. Yeah, crying. She, the kid's crying. You absolutely right. The whole bunch of the kids crying because you finna, you know what? I'm finna put so much pressure on this kid, the parents gonna have to come over there and talk to me and be like, hey, uh, can you just let him win? Hell no. This, uh, what, what you mean? Just that's what I was going to say. That's one thing I will never let anybody do. I don't care who you are. It's just not in me to let somebody beat me in something. I just can't do it. I'm too competitive. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It blew my mind. Growing up, with, growing up with GJ, we'd wrestle, and I'm not letting him beat me. He'd get so mad when I'd go to your house and we'd do stuff, and he gets beat. Your kid's an Uno. I'm not playing easy on Uno on them. I'm going to smoke them. And they yeah. get so mad. I don't care. Yeah, and you're like, gonna learn. <laughs> yeah, and we cracking jokes. All I'm saying is a shout out to all the parents out there. No, all the kids that got the athletic parents that they never got, they never was able to beat their parents. I understand your frustration now because my kids are going through it. 
Like going through, it blows my daughter's mind. Like it blows Raya's mind, Gary, when somebody said that they beat their dad and their mom and something like, for real? Like, she's like, yeah, it was easy too. Like, for real? Like, you got to be fast. Like, I, because they're compared <laughs> to us. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a big difference. It's a big difference in that. <laughs> yeah, that, sure. that's. I, so it, I know we have to go. I'm, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm, I, I was going to no, say so that. I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go. You got it. <laughs> now I, I was just gonna wrap it up and say that was how my weekend went. Uh it was just just things that you pick up when you're sitting out there as a parent that you see the different styles. Again, there's no there's no parental style that's uh right and there's no parental style that is wrong. I'm just telling you that there's ones that I try to stay away from and the ones that I try to stay away from, not I'm not saying they're bad, I'm just saying that those are the ones that I'm trying not to be. That's all. Go ahead, Gary. You got so it. So I know I know we I know we need to end the podcast, but I want to talk one last thing because it was a, in the huge in the news last week. I just want to get our opinions real quick on it, and that was the oh, Will okay. Smith Chris Rock situation. We chose not to talk about it last week because it just happened, and we wanted to see what else would come out about it first before we decided to make any comments or anything. Because usually we jump the gun on things, and we wanted to get the full story beforehand. So I just would like to hear y'all's opinions on this. Now it's been a full week of the situation. What did y'all think of the whole situation? Okay, so I, I I'll go first and then I'll let y'all have it. I there was seriously an issue or a problem. I, I I totally disagree with what Will did. I'd have never walked on stage and slapped that guy in the event if I would have. Uh, and I say I wouldn't have, but it, it could have been something. Maybe I was just having a bad day and I felt like, you know, now is the time that I want to get sued and I want to pay the ultimate price and went up there and smacked this guy. He, I don't think he had any merit on slapping him. And here's why in 2022 and any comedy bar that you go into right now, if you're sitting on the front row and you come in late nine times out of 10, that comedian is going to get on your ass. And if you're saying that it's okay for me, that if I run late, and it's throughout history, if you come late, we know that he's going to attack you. And he starts attacking me, and I don't like what he say because everybody laughing at me because he's a comedian, he's a professional, and he knows what he's doing, and I get up and I rock his ass. Guess what? Security finna stretch my ass out, and by the time I make it to lock up, I'm going to be beat up and all that otherness other than that's associated with it. The fact that none of that happened to Will because it was the Grammys, my wife was like, hey, I can't believe escort, I mean, police security didn't run up there. I said, honey, you do realize that everybody at the Grammys and at the Oscars, they're, they're entertainers, they're, they're somebody. So you don't expect them to act or carry out this type of behavior. So that's why security's not, uh, security's keeping the people out that are not the actors. That's what they're doing. They, they, they just assume that the actors are going to get along because they're all on pretty much level playing fields. So it, it was interesting. It, it definitely was a slap that was heard across the world. I, I, kudos to Chris Rock. He, he's the first person that, to, that I know to get absolutely smacked like that. And he took it so well that everybody thought it was fake. Like, oh, no, that's a gimmick. Because like, there's nobody else in the world that would have reacted the way that he reacted. He took it and said, oh, Will Smith just slapped the dog shit out of me. And everybody was like, we know. 
you took it well. You faked it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my two cents. I I'd have never did that because of that. It's just a it's it it's ingrained in the comedian world. Well, here's, time. here's the difference. The your story started out. If I walked into a comedy bar late, all right. Neither of those things matter at this place. He didn't walk into a comedy bar. They didn't walk in late. The Oscars ain't a comedy bar. What? Yet, Are you serious? Not- you 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 name one Oscar host that didn't crack jokes on I'll everybody. Say they might That's be what it is. No, no, no. Hold on. I want to see if he's going where I think he's going. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So what I'm saying is you, you kind of sign yourself up for that when you go to, when you go to a show. Uh, and the whole purpose of that show is the comedy aspect. The purpose of the Oscars, yes. The, the, usually is a host that cracks jokes on the you know entertainers. That's a, a, a segment of the show. But the whole purpose of the show is not it's a comedy show. Like you're not going to see a comedian. You're going to see who wins these awards and to celebrate that. One. Two, Chris Rock, the last time he hosted these awards, yes, he was cracking jokes then. He made another dig at Jada back then where he said, uh, Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. Right. <laughs> and then right. fast forward in between these years. He's apparently, I didn't know this because I don't keep up with all the different things that go on in Hollywood and, you know, Chris Rock's uh, stand up and what he does. But apparently he's been cracking a lot of jokes about Jada in, you know, that circle, which I don't know about. But to me, I, as I understand it, from what I've read since all this has happened, Chris Rock and Will Smith, they're, they're friends somewhat, you know, uh, outside of, you know, the Hollywood community. Apparently they're friends. I think that's the only reason that Will got away with walking up there and smacking him because it was like, I don't think Chris expected that to come from Will because that's his boy or whatever. And then, so to me, it says there's an extra level of personalness whenever, you know, you know what his wife's been going through with the alopecia stuff. And it's like, okay, yes, I understand. Um, and then just Will Smith's family in general. They've been dealing with a lot with the Red Table Talk, with the August Alcina, the entanglement. There's just been a lot that's been going on. And I think, you know, because you, you notice a lot of people point out, well, Will was laughing at the joke at first, which I think he was. Do I think it was a genuine laugh? I do not. Because if you listen to his acceptance speech, he talks about, you know, in that speech, I know that I'm supposed to just sit back and laugh when people disrespect my family. I know I'm supposed to play my part, yada, yada. So I think that's what Will was doing, was trying to play his part, not cause a scene. But then he looked at Jada, saw how it made Jada feel, and was like, okay, I can't I can't not do something. And you, you want to know, know where that comes from. I'm so, I'm so disappointed on, let me finish this. time. I'm so disappointed in Hold you. On. I am I'm right so there with you. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish this. And this is a deeper thing that I don't think a lot of people know because you wouldn't have any reason to know it. So I've, I've been reading uh, Will Smith's autobiography, and one of the very beginning chapters of the book, he talks about how his whole life he's battled with feeling like a coward because, and like on his inner self, because of the fact that he would never stand up for his mom when she was being abused by his dad. 
So I think that like the fact that he like came out and wrote about that and that we have that insight plays into the fact that he looks over, sees how it makes Jada feel, and that that inner uh, you know child in him that feels, and this is going on psychology level, call me Dr. Phil, that inner, that inner child of him that feels like he let his mom down all those years ago is like, hey, my family's been being disrespected, been, you know, ran through the mud. I got to go handle this. Did he handle it the right way? I'd say no. I don't think it's wrong to stand up for your wife. Um, but, you know, there are other ways you can do it. But in that moment when you're a human, which we all are, um, I think that that it just got it just got to a breaking point for Will's like, all right, I'm tired of this. And again, like I said, because he is close to Chris, I think that's why he felt more able to go up there and do something like that, because you're more likely to go up there and smack someone that's your friend. I I think because you feel like you're close enough to them versus it's a complete stranger that does that. Then you're not as likely because then it's, uh, you know, I think the opposite. I feel more likely to hit a stranger than I would D'Angelo. Because D'Angelo I can talk to and explain the situation and how I feel versus a stranger. I have no chance of doing that. I feel I think I, that's the complete opposite. Does that dig hurt as much coming from a stranger or someone that's your friend? <sighs> BT. I, I don't think I mean, that dig hurts as much as your wife telling television that she's cheated on you in multiple times and been with multiple guys around in live television too. I think that that happened first. That didn't happen. She didn't happen. They they talked about how they were they were not together at the time whenever and it wasn't multiple times. It was one entanglement that (laughs) where they were supposedly separated according to what they told us. And we're gonna believe what they told us. Look. Yeah of course yes. This, exactly. This, this is but again, this, this if is you're if you're putting your family stuff out. Go ahead, and then I'll finish it. Yeah, because you you got the you got the last. We got to hear what you got to say, Gary. But I, this is why I disagree with time, and I have a very hard time with him defending his wife. I, I'm gonna use Kanye West as an example. We all crack Kanye West jokes. We all know that he suffer from bipolar. Like every he has been the butt of jokes. Forever, he has a he has an illness as well. He has an illness as well, documented, proven, and it has not stopped comedians from cracking those jokes, even with him being in attendance. But you're gonna tell me at the Oscars when what you going through in life, whatever you going through in life, it does not give you the right to put your hands on me, regardless of what I say to you, as it relates to me doing my job and me being a comedian. Anytime you hire me, and that's what that's what you got to understand, Tom, and the same thing with Gary and myself, regardless of what we're hired for, we're football players. We're going to always be football players. They're going to always talk to us about football players. If we go host the Oscars, if we go host the Grammys, if we go host a meal down the street for homeless people, we're going to be football players. Chris Rock, no matter what he does, no matter how many acting jobs he get, same way with Kevin Hart, same way with The Rock. The Rock's going to always be a wrestler as it relates to him acting. So with that being said, when he step on the job, Chris Rock, you're going to get them jokes because he's a comedian. The Rock, when he shows up and he act, you're going to get that wrestler, even when he act. When, whenever he does a stunt or whenever he does any action scene, 
all we see is the damn rock. What I'm saying is, is you'll never get away from what got you to where you are right now. And that's why I say that Will Smith was wrong because he's a comedian and he was up there doing his job. He did nothing different from any other host that ever hosted the Oscars other than the fact that he got slapped. And that's what made him different. But go okay, ahead, let Gary. me respond to D real quick, Gary. So what I'm going to say is the reason this is a different situation is, yes, com- comedians are going to go and do their job. But part of making jokes is understanding that if you're going to push those boundaries, it depends on whose boundaries you're pushing. If you're pushing somebody's boundaries directly and if they don't they take that some type of way, then 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 you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your words. So there's still there's still repercussions for things that people say. Yeah, but say. The, the, the consequences is never a physical one, though. Right. It's well, always well, I mean, maybe. Have you? Have you? So you're saying you've never in the history have heard of somebody cracking a joke on somebody and that person taking it offensively and knocking them aside the head? Not at the Oscars. Not a comedian. No. Not, not, not a comedian. No. Not at not, all. And not at any comedy show. Right, but this is not a comedy show. This is not a comedy show. It's an award it, show. What? It is. Where, it is where, though. Bro. Where they tell jokes about it. I mean, it's not a comedy. It's not a comedy show. It's an award show. Bro, yes, I'm a t- there's I'm a host that goes up there and tells wa- jokes. Did you watch the Oscars? No, I don't watch. Did the you Oscars. watch the Oscars? But I know the concept is you. Well, have there was there was there was two other hosts that were comedians, and Amy Schumer talked about how Jennifer Lawrence was fat. That could be deemed, and she just had a baby. All this, but calling her fat and stuff like that. So you could say the same thing. She, Right, I'm not somebody saying, personally. I'm not who's saying dealing so. With it. If so Jennifer saying, Lawrence, if Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer tri- Lawrence took it fine. Right, but Jennifer Lawrence was triggered by that and had a reaction. I'm not saying that Will Smith's reaction was right, but I'm saying if somebody has a reaction to what you say, you know, then that's something that you have to deal with as me because you're the no. ones. I respect the time. I respect it. And and this is why I say I respect it. If you're playing to pick up basketball in the rec league, right? You you pay and pick up basketball yes. in the rec and you go up and you get a layup and you like balling out and you'll be like, man, y'all can't guard me. Y'all trash. It's okay for them to feel like you just disrespected them and fight you for that. No, I'm saying if I'm gonna be out there talking junk, I have to be prepared. For it's what- not that you it's not that you talking junk, bro. That's all you said. That's all you said, because that's all he said. It's not like he doubled down and kept saying other stuff. You just said that one time. Well, no, Boy, Chris y'all trash, because you was in the heat of the moment. You joke about Jada in the past, and I think it's just probably one of the things that added up. But, yeah, no, I'm saying, I'm, and would I think that somebody's too sensitive if they came at me after I said something like that? Yeah, but are we going to act like, have you ever, I know you guys don't play much basketball, but people who get sensitive and when you start talking trash like that to them, I've seen it happen. I've Bro, seen look, my look, look, for trash look, look, time, look, time. You won't, you expected me to believe that Will Smith remembered a joke that Chris Rock said. Now, think about this. Please yeah. think about this, time. Yeah. Please think about everything that his wife has gone through. You honestly believe that the thing that popped up in Will Smith's head was, oh, he made a Rihanna panties, her not being invited joke. You can see it. You can see it in Jada's face. Uh, like, oh, here we go again. Go ahead, Gary. Go ahead. Because this ain't going to – go ahead, Gary. I, I, I'm just waiting to talk. That's all. Go ahead, Gary. We'll end it. All right. So I uh, completely disagree with you, Time. I think comedy is there is no bounds in comedy. You can say anything you want, long as it's not racist. 
and there's should be no repercussions. It's and you just, you if just you don't want to deal with it, if you don't want to deal with comedy, don't go to the show. If you know there's a comedian hosting, prime example, Ricky Gervais. They knew who he was, and he eviscerated people. Worse than anything Chris Rock has ever done. He went forward, and he hosted two years in a row, and not one took offense to what he said. Now I got mad at him, punched him, nothing. I agree. You said that you don't agree with him slapping him. But again, you know they're hiring comedians for a reason. They're not if they if they didn't want somebody to crack jokes, they wouldn't have hired a comedian. For, there's a difference. Like they, they if you're gonna hire that, you know what you get. A prime example on Saturday Night Live, they had a comedian hosting this last on yesterday uh, on Saturday, and then they had Michael Che was ripping Jada and ripping Will Smith. So can Will go punch him now because they were destroying, talking about the hair, everything. But it's comedy. Comedy's comedy. Again, I think Bill Maher put it first. It's like there's men that deal with balding, that has balding, it's hereditary, they can't control it, and they get jokes on them all the time, and they just take it in stride. It's a Who? it's a hereditary okay, let's, thing let's that they can deal with. Yes, yes, balding is yes, men deal with balding. But let's be let's be honest. Who is balding harder on, women or men? Because it's more common in men, balding has to be harder on women, in my opinion. Because if, if, if I go, but that doesn't make if it right. I go bald, make if it I right. go bald, if I go bald, there's a large group or large percentage of the people that are male that are bald like me. If you go bald as a female, that's a lot harder because there's less women the that deal with. Doesn't make it right. I don't, I'm not saying doesn't right. make it right. I'm, that's right. the thing. But I'm just saying because it is more sensitive for females that may be going through losing their hair, especially black women. From what I, you know, because I've read a lot of posts, you know, I don't, I'm not a black woman, but I hear that black, you time, know, people time, talk about how black time, women's hair time, is a, time, is time, a big time. thing in that community. Mute, mute, mute. Did this mother, did, did this, did well, he, I want to say like, how do you did think, he go to, do you, did he how go many to black people, women hair? Did he just go to black women hair? He did. He did. But my thing is like, why, like. I had hold on, hold on. Can he can he go black women hair? Can he you if you 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 let me can he go he can go black women hair? All right. Unmute. Go ahead and finish. I I just wanted to know. Unmute. Well, I'm just saying that's not a statement for me. I've seen black women make that statement online, like, hey, it's even more sensitive for black women's hair because apparently, you know, I'm not a black woman. So you're right. I don't know specifically, but I've seen black women say make that statement. It is it is a sensitive topic to talk of black black women's hair, and so I just I'm just I, I'm repeating what I saw, you know. So that's I mean, it, it, do you disagree? Yeah. Do you not think it is? I I don't know. I'm not a black woman, man. I I don't I don't have you any. Don't got I'm, black women in your family? That, I, that, I didn't say that. I said I'm not a black woman. <laughs> I, that's all I, I said. How do you know? A biologist. I. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other topic oh, we thank you guys for joining us today uh we really appreciate it um we got off the rails at the end. we did get off the rails it was something else that i wanted to talk about but i guess we got to wait till next week to talk about it um but I, I, maybe 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 the, maybe the guy on the right will get to finish his topics and before he gets cut off again <laughs> probably not but okay go ahead and take us out Ty.
We appreciate everybody tuning in for another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. We'll be back next week. To talk about the Cinnamon and the Gun Right Podcast. The Cinnamon Guy on the Right Time. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode. We You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 